Now we're looking here in verse number 12, I think. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession among many, many witnesses or before many witnesses. Today we're going to be dealing with the balance of verse number 10 and then step into verse number 11. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Somebody say amen. Which while some have coveted after, they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, everybody say, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Here we are, just a moment. And follow after. The, the sequence of scripture, so important. <laughs> Some people just read the Bible wherever they want to read it every day, you know. Just open the Bible, wherever it opens, just read it. You know, the Bible was written sequentially for a reason the, the, the passages have been organized in a pattern for a reason I would suggest we're not long into the year that every single one of you would contemplate reading through the Bible in a year amen I try to read through it twice a year and I will by the grace of God you ought to read the Bible every day so I'm not saying that everybody should read the Bible through a year some people may not have the capacity to comprehend that much at a, at a time, and it may be more beneficial for you to read less scripture and take it in. You're not a better Christian because you read a lot of Bible. Okay. So you're a good Christian when not, you just, you're not the one, only one that reads the Bible, but the Bible reads you. Amen. But I would encourage you to get into the Word of God. Sequentially, the Bible is, is placed. For reason. Sometimes we jump into scripture and try to do one thing that cannot be done before the first is done. Flee thou, then he says follow after. You got to go in order. A whole lot of people trying to put on the whole armor of God. A whole lot of people trying to put on the new man. They ain't put off the old man yet. Fill me with the spirit. Fill me with the spirit. You've not been emptied of yourself. The sequence of scripture. So important. Amen. That's not the message, but it's good. Follow after. Let's say these words together. But follow and follow after. What are they? Huh? Everybody, what is the first one? Next one. Next one. Next one. Next one. Next one. For all of you tuning in online who are saying, all I hear is what they're saying is righteousness, godliness. Faith, love, patience, meekness. With the help of the Holy Spirit of God, we'll finish up verse number 10, get into verse number 11, and we'll see how far we get. I'd like to talk about every single one of those words. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the word. Do cleanse me of sin. Do empty me of myself. And do fill me with your spirit, please. Help me to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Here's what we're trying to do. Fight the good fight. Say it with me. Fight the good fight. Say it again. Fight the good fight. Say it again. Fight the good fight. It's the sequence of scripture. Some have not been able to fight the good fight because they spent all week fighting bad fights. 
Fight the good fight, fight the good fight, fight the good fight. He did eventually say that to Timothy, but he didn't say any of that to Timothy until he said what we're talking about today. Because sequence is substantial. Sequence is significant. You can't do some things in the Christian life till you do other things first. Some churches don't understand that. They want to baptize you before you get saved. Sequence is significant. You cannot picture on the outside what has not happened on the inside. Baptism is not regeneration. Baptism is not washing away your sins. If you go in the, if you go in the baptismal pool lost, you're going to go down a, a dry center and come up a wet center. Baptism is a picture. It's an outward expression of what has already happened by way of an inward impression. When I get saved, I identify with Jesus Christ. The old man is to die and the new man is to be raised up again in newness of life. And so when I get baptized, I'm picturing that old man dying and that new man rising in in newness of life. You never get baptized. You're going to heaven if you're saved. You don't get saved because you get dipped in water. You get saved because you get dipped in the blood of Jesus. But baptism is something you should do. God commanded it. Baptism identifies you with Christ. Baptism is an obedience with Christ. Baptism unites you with the local New Testament church. But it's important to get, saved, to get saved first and then get baptized because sequence is significant. Now, fight the good fight. How do I fight the good fight? Last week we talked, I must purposely flee certain or carnal vices. I must flee carnal vices. The love of money is the You will not fight the good fight if you're in love with money. The materialistic root, it's a carnal obsession, it's a corrupt objective, it's the root of all evil. The love of money will take you to evil. It's a coveting operation. I want it so bad, I've coveted after it. And it, it leads me to a, a misguided result, a materialistic root, a, a misguided or a misleading result. Some have erred from the faith. Here's what the writer is saying, Paul is saying to Timothy, many loved money, they chased money and they left God. Some people can't even come to church because they're chasing money. They can't get to church because, because they, they, they're, they're too busy chasing dollars. Some people can't avoid it, but some people are taking it on purpose because they would rather have money than meet with the Lord. Look at the last part of the verse. There's a miserable reality. And pierce themselves through with many sorrows. That, 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 it's a picture of it just, just taking a knife and just over and over again, piercing, 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 piercing. Here is the reality of those who love money. They've chased it. They've left God. And by chasing it and leaving God, over and over again, they are stabbing themselves with misery, 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 misery. Some of the richest people in the world are the most miserable people. Some of the people who've taken their lives, jumped off bridges, suffocated themselves, strangled themselves with all the money in the bank, more than they could spend if they wanted to. But what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul, the value of a man does not exist in what he hath. You see, Paul said, I know how to abound. I know how to be abased. I know how to be full. I know how to be empty. I've been on the mountaintop. I've been down in the valley. I've had friends and I've been by myself, but I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. See, Paul said, I don't get satisfaction from what I have in the bank. No, 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 no. I have all. I have everything in Christ. And in Christ, I can do all things. So Paul says there must be a meaningful refrain. Flee these things. Here's what he's saying. Run from the love of money like a plague. 
Flee it, flee it, flee it. When, when you see it brewing in you, when you see it stirring up in you, when you see little remnants of it, don't act spiritual today. The remnants are in all of us. When you see that, and by the way, it, money's like anything you fall in love with. You don't fall over silly all of a sudden. It just, it's, it's just like anything you fall in love with. The more you're around it, the more you want to be around it. The more you talk to the more you want to it, you just You just fall in love. Some of you look, some of your wives looking at your husband and say, oh, yes, you did right away. By the way, I don't care how long you married, you ought to still be growing in your love. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But here's what happens. You get it, you get it, and the more you get it, the more you want it. You ought to see these things developing in you. When it, when it comes time to give and I start clinging, when it time, comes time to be a blessing and I don't want to do it, when I'm agonizing over letting go of my stuff for the purpose of someone else or for the glory of God, when I'm grabbing at stuff, when I got to be the first in line, when there's 20 people behind me that got to eat, but I got 12 meatballs on my plate. I'm greedy. Because all I can think about is me. Paul says, Timothy, let me tell you what it's going to lead to. You're going to chase after money and you're going to leave God. You'll ruin your marriage. You'll, you'll, you'll ruin your kids. You'll ruin your future. You'll ruin your life. You'll ruin your ministry. Most ministers that ain't in the ministry anymore fail because of one reason. Females or finances. Chasing dollars. Where them dollars at? God help us. Used to be a day and age where we we loved people and used money, and now we use people and love money. Flee these things. Now, secondly, let's move on. Because we'll be on this for the rest of 2023. And folks still won't get it right. Purposefully flee carnal vices or certain vices. But then secondly, practically follow Christian virtues. Purposefully flee. Listen, listen, listen. Here's what Paul is saying to Timothy. If you're going to grab what you need to grab, you need to make sure you're not holding on to what you shouldn't hold on. In other words, you ain't going to pursue the right stuff if you're chasing the wrong stuff. Nobody ever chased a relationship with God that was thriving while chasing money. Practically, follow Christian virtues. Oh, God help us. This is something that we have to learn. And this is not something that always comes easily, is it? Following Christian virtues. It means to pursue. It means to chase. It means to go after. Hmm. This, this takes some commitment see following is not a consequence it's a choice you don't follow someone I didn't realize I was following you no 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 you follow somebody on purpose pursue pursue and here's what I'm asking every single person in the building today. those of you tuning in those of you to listen at a later date I'm asking you how 
passionately are you pursuing Christian virtues? If we were to take your life, encapsulate it in a week's time, and put it on video today. How many would want our life on video in front of everybody? Nobody would, all right? But let's just picture you, picture your own life on video today. And you picture what you did this past week. When church ended last Sunday, and your week began, and you left Sunday afternoon, and then Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday night, until today. Can I ask you, what did you follow? We're going to go over these words. And as we go over each one of these words, there are going to be Christian people who are going to readily identify in their minds as soon as I say them. I don't have enough of that in my life. I don't have enough of that in my life. Oh, I sure need more of that in my life. Well, 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 Pastor, I know some people that when you talk about that word, they come to mind. But I tell you what, I sure am missing that stuff in my life. Let me just break you into something. It may sound deep, but it's pretty simple. You ain't going to get it if you ain't chasing it. Where are your eyes? Where's your time? Listen, listen, listen. You don't have to tell me what you're following after. Show me your checkbook. I'll tell you. Show me, your, show me what deducts out of your bank account. I'll tell you. Show me where you spend your time. Show me what you grab as soon as you wake up in the morning. Tell me where you run. Tell me who you're talking about. Let's check your cell phone minutes. Let's check how you use your time. Let's check your emotion. Let's check your television. We'll find out what we're following after by where we devote our biggest priorities. Let me tell you something. If you need Christian virtues in your life, then pursue them. Here they are. Righteousness. Anybody listening? Righteousness. Pastor, what what do you mean by righteousness? Here's righteousness. It's what I call right conduct. Righteousness is not deep. It means doing what is right. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Are you following on a daily basis doing what is right? Anybody listening? Y'all still here? Well, when I ask these questions, they seem so vague, you might not know what I'm talking about. Follow after righteousness. Okay. Well, what is right? Right language? You think that's right? Do you cuss? Don't get quiet on me. You know, I've told you if you get quiet, that means you're admitting to be guilty of what I'm talking about. Let's try it again. Do you cuss? Now you're scared to say amen because you think that means you're guilty with answering your head. Huh? Right language? Right music? What do you listen to? I said, what do you listen to? Well, I got to get pumped up because I got to work out. I got to get wake woke up because I'm, I'm tired. I, 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 don't, I just don't want to listen to Christian music all the time. Proverbs 23, 7, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Well, you want them hip-hop fellas. Well, they've done a study on that, rock, rap music. Three-fold theme, sex, drugs, and rebellion. No wonder you can't keep your eyes together. You're pumping music that's full of nonsense and immorality, sexual innuendos and suggestions. No wonder you don't know how to, no wonder you're calling your mama bro and your girlfriend bro and all that. you listen to that foolishness. 
I don't really mean nothing by it. That's just what we say. Who's we? Who is we? You, 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 you're identifying with the wrong we. We are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. Come on now. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. We are the sons of God. We are the children of God. We are indwelt with the Holy Ghost of God. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We are citizens of heaven. We are the ones that represent God. We are the ones that will inherit the earth. We are the ones who will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We are the ones who will see our Savior face to face. Start talking like the right we. Follow after righteousness. Timothy, pursue it. Chase it. That means if you have a, a language problem, it will not fix itself. You have to You can't quit doing wrong by saying, I'm going to quit doing wrong. You got to quit doing wrong by starting to do right. I know, I know it sounds so simple, but how many people are trying to break a bad habit by just saying, I need to stop. I need to stop. I need to stop. The, the Bible is always clear. When you stop something, you got to start something. When you put off something, you got to put on something. Listen to me. Whenever you, whenever you say you're going to remove something, here's a good formula right now. Removal without replacement equals relapse. Removal without replacement equals relapse. Removal without replacement equals reoccurrence. Removal without replacement equals reverting. Removal without replacement equals repetition. Removal without replacement equals redundancy. Removal without replacement is ridiculous. That's why some Christians are, are, are failing in the same cycle over and over and over and over again because they've never replaced the wrong with the right. Follow after righteousness. Your flesh is too wicked to just tell it it can't have anything. You can't have anything. You can't have anything. You can't have anything. You can't have anything. Reckon yourselves indeed to be dead unto sin, but alive unto Jesus Christ. Put off the former man. Put away the lust of the flesh. But here it is. The works of the flesh must be mortified, but the fruit of the spirit. It's always putting off and putting on. It's always going away from and going to. It's always removing and adding. You've got to decide if I'm going to be the Christian that's fighting the good fight I've got to flee some things and follow some others righteousness do you have right conduct amen let's do a couple more before we go home number two what's the second one godliness Everybody knows what godliness means, right? We use all the time. Watch this now. Some of you singles, I want to find a godly wife. Really? Hmm. It's amazing how many people want to fish in a godly pond. 
and swim in a worldly one. You want to get you one that loves God when you don't. And you wonder why those that love the Lord don't ever seem to be attracted to you. Because you attract what you are. Godliness. So, so let me give you. Righteousness is right conduct. Godliness is reverential consciousness. I'll explain it in a minute. Reverential consciousness. What is godliness? Godliness. I'll give you a definition right now. Living ever aware of the presence of God. Living ever aware of the presence of God. When we were in class, especially in elementary class, when, when the teacher said, I'm going to go to the office and get a copy of something for the class, I mean, almost inevitably, soon as her foot touched outside the door, we all started talking. <laughs> I mean, just talk. I mean, we didn't even have anything to talk about, but it meant she's not in the room, so now's the chance to do what we want to do. And almost like clockwork, she started coming back down that hallway. You always got somebody, you got everybody got to have a watchdog up out your seat. She's coming, she's coming, she's coming. Everybody in your seat, and when she walked back in the room, everybody's just like this. And you know what the teacher thinks? Wow, them some well-behaved students. I leave the room and come back, and they're exactly the way they were when I left. You know, the problem is a teacher is not omnipresent. She can't be in the office and in the classroom at the same time, and students have learned to impress the teacher instead of live according to integrity. So we get quiet when she's in the room. We talk when she leaves the room because we think what we do is based on who's watching. There's a problem with God, though. He's always watching. Jesus is watching. So here's what a godly person does. A godly person lives every moment of the day, as much as he can, aware of God's presence. Got a bunch. We got some guys that have started in the, they played in a flag football league, and now they're, they're playing in a basketball league now in the area, represent Crossroads Baptist Church. Holding it down. They won last Sunday. Good for them. You don't get a break from godliness when you play ball. So, 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 so when you get on that court tonight, I'm about to ball, I'm about to hold it down. Yeah, yeah, you about to remember God is watching. He's watching how you respond to the ref. He's watching how you talk to your team. He's watching on what kind of smack talking. Smack talking's okay. I mean, somebody said, Pastor, no, that's not in the Bible. Have you ever heard Elijah? Go ahead, pray to Baal. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's on a vacation. Maybe he went on a trip. Maybe he can't hear you. That's smack talking. Elijah talking smack. And if God didn't like it, he wouldn't have sent that fire down, all right? Does your smack talking involve something you wouldn't say if God 
was present as a human. Godliness. Where were you last night? Would you have invited God to go with you? Oh, no, 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 no. Matter of fact, I've gone to some people inviting me over a a get-together at their house. They told me it was a get-together. They told everybody else it was a party. They made it look like a get-together when I pulled up. Somebody must have been a watchdog. Pastor pulling up, pastor pulling up. Oh, hey, come on in. Music low, everything. How's everything going? I can't tell you how many people have dropped a full red cup because I walked up. A fresh blunt. Like I don't know. I'd be trying to stay there a long time. Looking back afterwards, see how they trying to wipe the dirt off of it. It's just, I think it's still all right. You may be able to wipe the dirt off of that thing, but you can't, you can't pour it, you can't pick that liquid back up in that cup. They're living for the wrong master. Huh? What was I talking about before I start talking about that? Oh, the, 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 the uh, people invite me over. And so, listen, this is a get-together. I have get-togethers at my house, and my wife and I, we have get-togethers, and we have get-togethers, and we ask people to bring drinks, and in order to keep the drinks cold at a get-together, we put ice in a cooler, right? That's what you do at a get-together. So I get invited over a get-together, and I see a cooler. I'm going to go walk over to the cooler and, and get me a drink. Oh, no, Pastor, don't go to that cooler. <laughs> no, 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 no. Watch no, no, you don't want to go. No, no, no. Yeah. What you mean? Can't be, I just want a bottle of water. Ain't no bottle of water in there. So I ask you a question. Would you have that cooler there with Jesus at the party? See, the godly person has to understand something. He is at the party. Reverential. Devotion to worship. That's what godliness is. A reverential consciousness. Everywhere I go, I must have respect for God. He's with me on the job. He's with me when I'm at home. He's with me on the laptop. He's with me when I'm searching the net at two in the morning. He's with me when I'm acting a fool on social media. He's with me when I'm shaking and jiving on TikTok. You deleting it to try to hide it from somebody, but you don't realize the one somebody that matters knew it before you even did it. Godliness. One more and I'm finished. Some of you look like you're hurting. <laughs> more Novocaine, please. More, more Novocaine. Number one, righteousness. Say that, righteousness. Number two, Number three, we can go home. Faith. I want to give you two aspects of faith, and then I'm going to let you go home. I think of faith, first of all. I think of resolute conviction. Faith, what I believe. Follow after faith. 
Are you one of them people that will spend your entire Christian life making statements like this? That's what they preach. That's what pastors say. That's what the church say we, where we stand. I never did know why. We don't, we, don't, we don't do that. We do not do that at Crossroads. I'm telling you, right, we don't do that. When she got up and did that, I thought, mm, we don't do that. We do not do that here. Why? I don't know. <laughs> then follow after. Why don't you take a class? Follow after. Bible colleges all over the world that offer online. If I was, if I was weak in a spiritual area of my doctrine, I'd find somebody or some mechanism to learn. Follow after faith. Resolute conviction. You're going to have to engage in a pursuit of something if you really want it. Resolute conviction. But here's the other part that I think about when I think about faith. What I call remarkable consistency. Steadfastness, constancy, in one aspect, faith is what I believe, but the truth of the matter is my faith, what I believe is what produces my faithfulness, how I behave. So I cannot have consistency without conviction. There's no way as a Christian I'm pulling off a life of regularity when it comes to doing what I'm supposed to do unless it begins with what I believe. See, if you don't believe right, you can't behave right because today you might be doing right because you think it's good, but if tomorrow you think something else, you ain't going to do right because you don't know why you're doing right. Hmm. It's like playing golf. You hit a good shot and say, ooh, that was good, but you don't know what you did. <laughs> Man, I hit out the sand. That was a great sand shot. Every other time you get in the sand, you know why? You got lucky. You don't know technique. Tell you what troubles me. I have to scratch my head when I try to come up with a list of Christians that I know that are consistent. Consistent. I'm talking about week in and week out. You can rest assured they're going to pray. They're going to read, they're going to show up, they're going to tithe, they're going to soul win, they're going to have a good attitude, they're going to be faithful in church, they're going to worship. Some, listen, some Christians are great worshipers, you just don't know what Sunday you're going to get it. You shout one week and the next week it's like, uh. That would be okay if worship were based on our week, but worship is based on the worthiness of our God. Follow after faith. It's a great statement in the book of Acts about Paul. I'll look at it maybe next week. We'll take some time. It says he went into the city and as his manner was. That's consistency. In other words, there was something Paul did when he went in a city that you could bank on if he went in a city, he was going to do it. That was go to the synagogue. Because he was a Jew and he had burdens for Jews. Even though he was ministering 
a lot of times to Gentiles, he never lost his burden for his people. So when Paul went in town, you could rest assured he was going to witness to people in town whether they wanted to hear it or not because he had followed after faith and his belief had produced a behavior. His faith had produced a faithfulness. So there was a demonstration of regularity and consistency in the life of Paul that you could close your eyes, plug your ears, and just know Paul going to do it when he gets to the city because that's what Paul does. What's Christian about you that could be said that way? I'll tell you about that sister. She's going to always have something encouraging to say. I can tell you about that brother. He's going to always be in his place. I can tell you about that couple. They're going to always. I can tell you about them. They're going to always be giving. I can tell you about them. They're going to always be on time. I can tell you about them. They're going to always have a good attitude. I can tell you about them. They always say thank you. You know what it is about most Christians? They'll never say thank you. A bad attitude. Up and down. If they do good, just hold your breath because it's only a matter of time. Because No consistency. Here's what Paul said to Timothy. Don't be an up and down Christian son. Follow after faith. You're going to be in the ministry. There'll be times people love you, times they hate you, times they show up, times they don't show up. Times they say amen, times they don't. God help us if I'm a preacher to give my best when they say amen and I don't give my best when they don't say something. I'm not preaching for y'all. I'm preaching for the audience of one. You just happen to get to listen in. Remarkable consistency. It's a miracle. When we can demonstrate Christian virtues. Consistency. Pastor, I just don't. I'm good at it. I'm just not good at it. I I read the Bible, but I just kind of just... I don't really know where to read, just kind of, you know, based on how much time I have. No, I just, where do you go? Uh, Psalms got the short chapters. And after all, God is the God of providence. So I just close my eyes and open. There's a guy that did that one time. Open up the Bible. And he read right way open and it said, And Judas went out and hanged himself. <laughs> he said, Oh boy. Go thou and do likewise. Whatsoever thou doest, do quickly. (laughs) Can't read the Bible like that. Hey, 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 get in the text and drive. Come on now. I said get in the text and drive. This morning before some of you got up, I was in Proverbs 15. It's the 15th day of of the week, of the month. Proverbs 15. And I was in Psalms 71 through 75, five psalms a day. Then I went over in Exodus, and I was in chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7. Then I came over to Matthew, and I had finished Matthew yesterday. I was in Mark chapter 1 and 2, four Old Testament chapters, two New Testament chapters, one proverb, and five psalms. 
Pastor, you saying that so you can brag on how much Bible you read? No, 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 no. I'm trying to develop a pattern of consistency. Watch this now. So that every single morning God talks to me. Yeah, but it's a crazy world. The devil is busy. The flesh is wicked. There's a lot of traps out there. Could I ask you a question? How far are you going to wander from God in a day? If you know that tomorrow morning, even if I'm, I'm off, I got to see him again. I'll tell you why people wonder. They go days and days and days. They go, look, look, but they can't go an hour without social media. Oh, hold up. Somebody check. What they say? Oh. Ooh. I got to tell you the tea. It's 12, it's 1237 by that clock by my phone. We are over 12 hours into this day, the 15th. Over half of this day is already gone. And there are Christians sitting in here who have yet to read your Bible today. And you wonder why you can't do right. Yeah, it's, it's my wife. If you were on an island by yourself with no women and it's just you playing Tom Hanks and Castaway, you still wouldn't do right. And the first man tried blaming his wife. He didn't get away with it. So you should learn from your granddaddy, Adam. It don't work. By the way, ladies, while I'm at it, stop blaming the devil. He the serpent. Own up to your mistakes. You're not doing right consistently because you have not followed after faith. You're going to hear me drive it home, make right choices. If they're right choices, you know what right choices are. Sustain them for 30 days. Daniel, you can't pray for 30 days. Why habits are formed in 30 days? Make a choice, sustain it for 30 days. It will become a habit. Sustain the habits and they will become character. Choices sustained as habits, habits sustained form character, and character formed secures destiny. You can't get a napkin out and draw out what you're going to be in five years. Napkins don't produce success, but character secures destiny. You'll be sitting in the church, living with the right person, having the right kids, married to the right woman, working the right job, making the right money, living in the right zip code, and enjoying the right life in five years if you learn how to live by character in five minutes. String together good days that string into good weeks, that string into good months, that string into good years. Those that live a good life don't flip a coin. They don't get lucky. God doesn't pour in some extra grace on them. They live good lives because they've learned how to make good decisions in the minute, that make good decisions for hours, that make good hours that turn into days, that days that turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and months turn into years. If you can't learn how to do right when you leave church, you're not going to be doing it in five years. I don't care what church you're in. And go out and hire you the best counselor in the world. He won't fix your marriage if the two of you won't sit down and live the Bible. Follow after righteousness. Go get it. And the song, go get, go get your blessing. Go get, go, go get some faith. I try and go get a blessing. Go get some righteousness. Go get some godliness. If you go get righteousness, go get godliness, and go get faith, you won't have to go get your blessings. God will bring them to you. 
whoso looketh in the perfect law of liberty, James chapter 1, the mirror, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, James chapter 1, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The quickest way to blessings is look into the mirror of the word of God. See what you look like. Fix what's jacked up. Obey what the mirror shows you. According to James chapter 1, you will be blessed. I'll close with this statement. Far too often, the prayer and perspective of the believer is, God, would you bless what I'm doing? Bless my job, bless my family, bless my work, bless my new business, bless my endeavors, bless my profile on the web dating site. I'm convinced our perspective is wrong. See, God bless what I'm doing is fingers crossed, hoping he'll bless it. Here's a sure way to pray. God, instead of asking you to bless what I'm doing, I'm going to make a commitment to do what you're blessing. And there's certain stuff in the Bible you've already told me you'll bless. So instead of guessing at whether or not you can bless what I'm doing, I'm committed to do what you're blessing. Our Father, help us. We're to blame. We are to blame. Everything needed to do right has been given us the moment we get saved in the power of the Holy Ghost. So help us. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. Pastor, I'm